0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area, heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: And good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Caro and I am your host for Real Presence Live this morning. Uh, We are broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the Mustard Seed. Thank you for joining me. Um, And we're going to just move right along, because I'm really eager to get on to this next guest, Father Boniface Hicks. He has written a book, Through the Heart of St. Joseph. Um, Thank you, Father, for joining us today.
2: My pleasure. Really great to be with you.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners.
2: I'm a Benedictine
1: priest. I live Mm -hmm. at St. Vincent Arch Abbey
2: in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is just uh, east of Pittsburgh. I've been here for uh, about twenty-three years, I guess. I've been ordained for uh, seventeen years, and uh, I'm a spiritual director. I'm the spiritual director for Saint Vincent Seminary. We form diocesan priests as well as our own Benedictines, and uh, give a lot of retreats. And I also help to run a, a radio network and a few other things. So, oh, so happy. you're
1: professionals, what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I have <a> little experience <laughs> good. <laughs> well, then i'll just I'll just leave and go get some more coffee, and I'll leave it with you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I'm so excited to have you on this morning because uh, you have written a book called Through the Heart of Saint Joseph. So let's start at the beginning. How were you inspired to write this? Well, I'm
2: a I'm a convert to the faith. I was uh, I was baptized when I was 21, and my path really went through kind of an evangelical Bible study, and not a lot of focus on the saints. And when I was coming into the faith, I really felt my lack of relationship with Our Lady, and kind of reached out and just I said a prayer to her that I wanted to know her, and I really found that she answered that prayer. I developed a, a very strong relationship with her over the next couple of years, and Then I was uh, preparing for my, uh, I I entered the monastery a year after I was baptized, and then a few years later was preparing to be ordained a deacon, and was kneeling in a chapel praying, and there was a statue of St. Joseph in front of me, and I I thought, you know, I don't really know him very well either. I Hmm. thought, well, this prayer worked for your wife, let's give it a run, and uh, just asked him to help me get to know him, and then I was assigned as a deacon to the parish of St. Joseph, and and a few other things came across my path and really found him answering that prayer. So over the last uh, 18, 19 years, I guess, I've really been cultivating a relationship with him. And about four or five years ago, I started recording some things to, to, to share with people. And uh, the book started to form about four or five years ago. And then the year of St. Joseph was announced December 8th. And I thought, well, now is the time to finish yeah. this thing. So, I. Wow. Uh, moved into action, and the St. Paul Center was wonderful to work with me on relatively short notice, and we were able to get the book out. Actually, it shipped on March 19th, so...
1: Well, and that, yeah, I was just looking at that, because my mom actually runs the Mustard Seed here, where I'm broadcasting from today, and I know that it's a new release that we just put on our new release section, so that was one of my questions, is like, did you know... It was going to be the year Saint Joseph. How did this work? You know, because what divine intervention to have it practically ready to go and come out this year? Yeah,
2: really, I, I can't take much credit. Uh, I really think that the surge in devotion to Saint Joseph is a, a real work of the Holy Spirit. That was one of Father Callaway's uh, comments when he endorsed mm-hmm. my book, and of course, he had brought out the consecration to Saint Joseph a year plus before and. He really had his eyes on the 150th anniversary, the same one that Pope mm. Francis was honoring by this year. So I think there's really been a surge in, in the in devotion to St. Joseph, and I'm happy that I was, I guess, listening well enough to be uh, caught up in that in that wave and happy to share some ideas with people about yeah.
1: that. Well, let's dive into the book a little bit. Um, for those that are just joining us, um, I'm talking with Father Boniface Hicks, who wrote... Through the Heart of St. Joseph. It's a new book that was just released in March. Um, Let's dive in a little bit. Uh, The Joseph option is something that you talk about in the book. Let's dive into that a little bit.
2: Well, that's the, uh, it's the last chapter in the book after spending five chapters talking about how to personally develop a relationship with St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about how we develop an environment in which others can get to know St. Joseph. Oh, A Josephite environment, a Nazareth, and it also gave me a chance to talk about how, uh, I, of course, I called it the Joseph option, inspired by Roger Ayers, the Benedict option, and my claim, being a Benedictine, is reading the Rule of Saint Benedict. I think Benedict was actually just using the Joseph option. <laughs> I think <laughs> okay. uh, we can we can take that back a step farther. We really see number of things in the rule of St. Benedict that are forming another Nazareth, that living Mm -hmm. the Benedictine rule is like living in Nazareth, living in the presence of the Holy Family, monastic life, and the familial context of it, and the sanctification of work, and the constant awareness of God's presence, and uh, the kind of tender authority, and the, the various qualities of the life in Nazareth would correspond very well with Hmm. what St. Benedict imagined uh, life in the monastery ought to be.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, thinking about St. Joseph, and you were talking about how you were praying and you kind of wanted to get to know him better, considering that he doesn't have any scriptural utterances of words... How do you get to know someone like that if they aren't, uh, <laughs> if, if they haven't spoken that we, you know what I mean? Like through scripture.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a funny thing. I mean, uh, it's a regular comment, of course. People know that St. Joseph is never quoted in scripture. Of mm-hmm. course, he did speak, right?
1: Oh, it, oh absolutely.
2: Um, <laughs> just, just to uh, to draw that out a little bit, he had to say yes to Mary in order mm. to get married. And we know that he is the one who gave Jesus his name. So if we know that he spoke two words, they were yes and Jesus. So I think it's a pretty good example for us. Mm-hmm. We can uh, really learn from St. Joseph what words are most important to, to speak. Oh, but wow. um, but uh, as you say, there, there isn't. Uh, we don't have anything quoted from him. And yet we, we realize and we see the portrait of St. Joseph in his actions and the things that he did. And while Scripture is sparse, it's also uh, really rich. I mean, when Scripture says that Joseph is a just man, that word mm. just has a particular meaning in the light of uh, an Old Testament figure. Sadiq uh, in Hebrew is really talking about a man who is filled with the Word of God, with the revelation of God, which we often call the law of God, the Torah, but it's really the whole of God's revelation. Really, we would talk about the scriptures or the word today. So, a man who is filled with the word of God, really formed by the word of God, and uh, and and that's you know that's a, the kind of we can draw out some of that richness from the text, and uh, when we know how to read the scripture, so we get to know Saint Joseph that way, and then certainly through the the teaching of the saints and. Uh, other theological concepts that have developed over time.
1: Beautiful. So we're just talking about uh, a new book that Father Boniface Hicks has put out uh, through the heart of Saint Joseph, and some of the things that we can learn um, from Saint Joseph. Um, we have to go to a break in just a couple minutes, but um, I want when we come back, I want to talk about uh, you know some of the saints that have inspired, been inspired by Saint Joseph. But first, through Scripture, what are some of the things that St. Joseph has taught us? Well, we see uh, St. Joseph
2: lived uh, out—St. Joseph was put in a position to be a protector for the -hmm. Holy Family, and he does that protection a little differently than St. Michael does. St. Michael also Mm -hmm. protects the Holy Family, as we see in Revelation 12. He raises an army, he takes up sword and shield. He battles the enemy, whereas uh, St. Joseph, in humble obedience and silence, just disappears. Hmm. God tells him that Herod is on a murderous rage and wants to kill his child, take the child and his mother, and go to Egypt. And Joseph does that in humble obedience. And then coming back, likewise, uh, God tells him to avoid Jerusalem, go to Nazareth. Joseph, in humble obedience, Simply does that. And then through real ordinariness, Joseph's life was so ordinary that when Jesus began to reveal himself as the Messiah, they said, Who is this? Isn't this the carpenter's son? The mm-hmm. so people didn't expect big things from Joseph. And yet he was arguably the holiest man who ever lived. Mm-hmm. So I think that we really see the sanctification of ordinariness, of family life, of work, of humility, of obedience, of silence. A lot of things emerge for us to to learn from St. Joseph.
1: Beautiful. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have more with Father Boniface Hicks, and we're talking about the book that he uh, just released last month, Through the Heart of St. Joseph. We'll be back more with Real Presence Live right
0: after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live
3: How do you know when someone may be contemplating suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. This person will often exhibit certain warning signs, indicators such as their talk, like killing themselves or having no purpose in life, their behavior, like drug abuse, withdrawal from others, or abnormal sleep patterns, or their mood, like being depressed or having anxiety, can all be warning signs. So mental health professionals are now encouraging you to engage in dialogue with those who appear to be at risk. By talking openly about suicide, asking if they are okay, and listening to their feelings, you may save their life. To find out more, please visit suicideandhope.com. So I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back. I am Heather Carroll, and I am your host this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining me. I am talking with Father Boniface Hicks, who has written a book called Through the Heart of St. Joseph. And we just kind of touched a little bit on St. Joseph in the scriptures. Um, now let's dive into the book itself. Uh, what, is, what was your goal? Um, did you have one? How did the book come around as far as what do you hope people get from the book?
2: Yeah, beautiful question. I, there, there's a lot on St. Joseph that's emerging, kind of sorting out some of the, the details, some different concepts about him. There's just mm-hmm. you know, kind of debate, was he young, was he old, was he married mm-hmm. before, was he, you know, a lot of different questions like that. And, and Father John Calloway does a beautiful job gathering together all of the kind of trustworthy data about St. Joseph and his 33-day consecration. And it's not the book that I wanted to write. I was very glad that he wrote it, because it wasn't the book that I wanted to write. Mm. But what's really been important to me is, is developing a relationship with St. Joseph. And one of the reasons it took me four years, five years to write the book is I really wanted to take the insight and into prayer. And, you know, I, I don't have any special revelations in myself, but I have uh, some sense interiorly of relationship with St. Joseph, and I wanted to be able to kind of validate in my own heart and make sure that what I was saying I really believed in Mm. and uh, about him. And so I think it's a more contemplative view of St. Joseph. Uh, I draw also from only from kind of trustworthy sources, scriptures and uh, popes, uh, saints. So I don't draw from... uh, apparitions or visionaries, not that they're, anyway, it's kind of a different genre, I'm not talking against Mm -hmm. them, but just wanted to draw on things that are sort of universal and and, uh, trustworthy in that way. And then ultimately to share with others, how do you develop a relationship with St. Joseph? And so I I set out kind of five pathways. Uh, Two of the pathways are putting ourselves in a position of needing him uh, Mm. by being vulnerable we need him as a protector, and we can find that he will be faithful to us in that way. Also, by being little, we can find a father in St. Joseph. And those pathways of vulnerability and littleness are really important for us to grow in the spiritual life in general, as Jesus teaches us. So we can have the help of St. Joseph in that. Also, we get to know somebody by becoming like him. And in St. Joseph's case, the hiddenness and silence are two of his qualities, and See, uh, John of the Cross said, if you want to find a hidden treasure, you have to become hidden yourself. Hmm. And so there's a, a way that there's a hiddenness in the interior life. When we're really growing in holiness and we're going deeper in prayer, there's a hiddenness in that. Very much like Jesus talks about in Matthew 6, the gospel that we hear for Ash Wednesday. You know, be give alms and fast and pray in a secret place, in a hidden way. Hmm. And that's the invitation that St. Joseph gives us when we go into a hidden place, we find that he's already there waiting for us. And then, of course, in silence, as you mentioned already, he's not quoted in Scripture. That doesn't necessarily mean that he was silent, but the tradition has really emphasized that, that him not being quoted is an indication of his own um, taciturnity, that he uh, wasn't loquacious in his speech, but that he chose his words carefully and, and didn't speak. He acted more than he spoke. and So we can really learn from that example of silence, mm. especially in the very noisy world that we live in. And the mm. last pathway is not one that we would choose, but one that we all find ourselves in at some point, more and less, uh, is suffering. St. Joseph was steadfast in suffering, and he's also the comfort of the afflicted. And so we can find a, a way to lean on him and draw on his strength and learn from his strong and tender hearts, how to endure our own trials and, and find uh, find the Lord in them. So those different pathways are, are ways that we can come to know Him, to develop a relationship with Him. And that was really the, the, the heart of what I wanted to offer in the book.
1: So I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, I come from a very boisterous family. I'm an introvert <laughs> myself. <laughs> but I'm thinking of my boisterous family. And I'm thinking of, okay, so if we want to follow St. Joseph and you've been talking a lot about silence in St. Joseph and being silent. What does that silence literally mean? And what does that literally look like? Because I'm sure a lot of my family members that are listening are like, I can't be silent. They're noisy. They're loud. They're extroverts. You know what I mean? Can you dive into that a little bit?
2: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah. And and that's a, that's a wonderful quality. And, and and we might even recognize as a kind of compliment or a contrast, uh, mm. when the angel came to Mary, she responded in words. When the angel came to Joseph, he responded in action. Now, of yes. course, Mary and Joseph got along very well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not as if you can only talk to Joseph, talk to him, if you're silent. Uh, of course, if you're boisterous, uh, and we can imagine Mary who had a certain uh, joy de vivre that she <laughs> uh, was exhibiting, and whatever ways, and, and Joseph obviously had a, a beautiful marriage with her. So we can come to him as we are. But there's also a place that even for a, a, an extroverted person, a loud and boisterous person, there is a necessity of, of cultivating some interiority. And, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not behaving that way at mass, I presume. You're right. Uh, they're not <laughs> behaving that way at a concert or at a lecture. You know, that mm-hmm. there's a time that we have to listen. And and listening requires us to to silence some of that interior uh, noise or exuberance in order to make room for someone else. Mm -hmm. And even within ourselves, we have to make room for our own ideas to develop and to grow. And so, you know, time, some time in prayer and silent prayer is really necessary for all of us. And Joseph can help with that. That's another way to look at it. Sometimes a silent person... Uh, a silent presence it's not an empty or a dull or a distant it's mm-hmm. a warm silence it's a full silence and sometimes that can bring others to some peace and and help to settle their interior too
1: yeah well and i just i just love how you've described him as a man of action you know mm-hmm. and we've heard it you know actions speak louder than words and i just love that he's a wonderful example of action um mm-hmm. So looking into it, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. We, As Catholics, we've really been focusing on St. Joseph this year. Is that in any way a negative thing? Should we not be focusing on him? Should we be focusing on just Jesus? What would you say to folks that have that kind of a thought?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's a. I think it's kind of a misconception that there's a zero-sum game that Somehow to focus on Jesus is to take away something from someone else. And uh, I think all of us feel with close family members, those we love, that, you know, for someone... In fact, I always have this sort of intuitively when I'm talking to married couples. I I just sort of presume anything I say to the husband goes to the wife or to the wife to the husband. You know, if I'm going to communicate to both of them, I feel like I can talk to one of them and the Mm -hmm. other one's going to know about it. Now I'm wrong about that some percentage of the time but <laughs> it's my intuition and I don't think it's a bad intuition. Right. Uh, so it's sort of like if I talk to Joseph I am talking to Jesus because they're like it's mm-hmm. the same. They're they're kind of united that way and and certainly Joseph doesn't make any sense without Jesus like Mary doesn't. And, and then I also like to say, you know, as soon as I end up loving Joseph more than Jesus does, then I'm in trouble. Um right. <laughs> but of course that's not possible.
1: Right. Right.
2: <laughs> so uh you know, there's just some ways to look at that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I always love it because um, in life happenstances, you know, when you are really focusing on Mary, it's amazing how often she brings you to her son, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. through Mary. And it's like, they don't want the attention, and but they can be great examples for us to look upon, you know? Um, so even if you try, they still point you to Jesus. <laughs> It's true. It's just the way it works. Um, so, any last thoughts about your book? What people can experience? You said it was broken up into five chapters. Um, was there one that you particularly like, or is it all good? <laughs> well, You're I like, of like, course, good. it's all good. <laughs> I wrote it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and to be uh, to be totally fair, I mean. It's I'd really I'd say it's really broken into like thirty sections that are oh. somewhat less uh, uh, strongly uh, organized as chapters thirty some sections about I don't know thousand fifteen hundred mm-hmm. words each and so it's sort of uh, you know bite sized chunks that I think uh, really lead lead into prayer that's what people have told me and and that's what I really hope for that just reading you know that thousand word that section it's, it's really meant to lead us into prayer. It's not so much an academic exploration. Sure. It's not a, you know, an argument or a proposal, but but just a, an invitation to pray with different scriptures, with uh, with different insights about Saint Joseph, which are also, you know, when we look at Saint Joseph, he's he's really an exemplary uh, male man and uh, human being, and so when we look at him, we're also reflecting on. The ideal of our of our humanity, and sometimes mm-hmm. I think in the modern day we get a little confused about what healthy humanity looks like.
1: Oh, and so, amen.
2: Reflecting, you know, reflecting on the kind of perfected masculine heart, fatherly heart, and uh, the way that he loves and serves, the way that he what what chastity really is not as a just kind of a cold separation or isolation, but actually chastity blossoms in friendship, is what the Catechism says, and that there's a, a warmth there. Although Mary and Joseph were chaste, they weren't uh, scared of each other. You know, there's, a, there's mm-hmm. a warm, loving friendship that blossoms in their marriage, and uh, taking people into Nazareth. And what's it like? The, the, the tradition has really held up Joseph as the holiest man, Mary as the holiest woman, and of course, Jesus is God. And so we have in Nazareth the perfect family. Hmm. And what's that family life like? What's it like to enter into a house where there's perfect love in the family? Right. So, you know, I kind of point in these directions, and, and hopefully they lead people. And, and people have told me, you know, I had to sit down the book and just pray. Oh, that's like the best compliment I could receive. Right. That's exactly what I would love to see everybody be able to do is, I point in a direction, and then you take the steps on your own, uh, the next couple of steps in prayer, and let the Lord share that with you.
1: Well, and what a perfect time um, in today's society when there's such a huge attack on the family um, to have a book like this. Is it a type of a book that we can take to adoration?
2: Oh, absolutely. No, I think that's the best place to read it. Like I said, the the sections are really relatively self-contained, and just reading a you know, thousand words, a mm-hmm. page or two, a couple of pages, uh, is should set people up very nicely to spend the rest of the holy hour reflecting on some of the things that are there.
1: Beautiful. How important do you think this book is during this time of the attack on the family?
2: Oh, I think it's really important. I think St. Joseph being raised up by the Lord in this time has to do with that, uh, We've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time, you know, over the last 2,000 years focusing on Mary and Jesus, and rightly so. Mary is a lot, uh, a lot going mm-hmm. on there. But to include Joseph is to include the family. God created through a family, and he redeemed through a family. And we can really say God wouldn't have entrusted his son not to a family. It's because Mary was married to Joseph that God entrusted his son to Mary and Joseph uh, so mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. family is really essential it's not kind of a sidebar it's not an appendix mm-hmm. and in this time of you know a lot of confusion, distortion, things falling apart it, I think uh, Joseph really helps us to recover the family
1: Absolutely. Father Boniface thank you for joining us today
2: So wonderful to be with you
1: Any last thoughts for our listeners?
2: Go to Joseph Take all of your uh, concerns, thoughts, cares, and, and really ask him to help you know him better and develop a deeper relationship with him.
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you, Father Boniface, for joining us today. We appreciate it.
2: My pleasure. Great to be with you.
1: Thank you. All right, that was Father Boniface Hicks. He has written a book called Through the Heart of St. Joseph. It was released just last month, so check out your local Catholic bookstore to see if a copy is there. Beautiful book. It sounds like there is a lot to learn and a lot to gain from this beautiful work. Um, Stay tuned, because we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I've got Sarah Beener sitting across from me, folks. So... If you're in eastern South Dakota, you probably might know her. She's known. She is known around the area. So stay with us. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.